different perspectives, but a shared experience. Black O Roundtable. What is up, everybody? My name is Dana. I'm Jelena. And I'm Asha. And we are back for our first episode of March of Black Girl Roundtable. How are you guys feeling today? I'm alive. Oh, damn. <laughs> <laughs> it was the dramatic pause for me. I had to think about it. Um, <laughs> You know, um, first of all, it's little me back from Paris. <laughs> Bonjour. Um, Paris was amazing, and then I had to come back and fell into a deep depression. Um, and I don't mean that jokingly. I really was. I sat in my bed for like two days. Um, but, you know, the week has been weakened. Work has, like, they're trying to get daytime back for real, for real, for my vacation. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. that's that. We we in French baguettes and all that good mm-hmm. stuff. Yes. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Numbers, nouns for you. (laughs) And bonjour to all of our Parisian listeners. Right. If you're listening in Paris, you know, you should have hit a girl up when she was there. You know, I came to see Mona in them. So where was y'all at? (laughs) Is that a French name? Mona Lisa girl. Oh. Dana, I'm, I'm worried about you now, friend. First it was the DJ, now it's this. How was I supposed to, first of all, I feel like, can I just say, I listened back to that episode, like, the day before yesterday, just to, like, you know, check in and make sure everything was good with it, and laughed out loud again, because I really didn't know that, but, like, you didn't, if you said Mona Lisa, I would have got it, but, like, who, like, Mona? Mona, I said Mona and him. And to me, Mona and them is my mom's aunt, Mona, who lives in Boston. Screaming. That's Mona and them. Oh, but yeah, I went, to, I went to go visit Mona and, you know, and her girls over there, see what life is like in Perry. But it was it was a great trip. I had a lot of fun. Um, ate a lot of good food, did some shopping, um, and just really just enjoyed the city. It's a very walkable city if anyone wants to go. Um I mean, shouldn't be ain't much room for everybody because the way they be squeezing and stuff into a space. I think Parisians stay so, even though they eat so much bread and butter, I think they stay so skinny because of the nicotine and the walking. Um, And, you know. Yeah, walkable city will have you slim. That much, I know. Yeah, I was like, I did not gain a pound and I did not eat anything healthy on that trip. So... (laughs) That was it was because I had secondhand smoke intake and uh and walked forty minutes at, at a time. In America they're like they're just different like smoking like cultural things that you just don't do and places that you just don't smoke at because you just know that you know the warning signs and you don't want to subject um everyone to to that. Um or you know that it's just not allowed and people you you will be like verbally or, you know, uh people will like look at you crazy yeah the past like 20 years has come out of fashion and my parents smoke but like i always felt like smoking is like an older 
people things. Yeah, like, yeah. Like my age. Was so- no, one of my guy friends was telling me how he was so stressed out that he started smoking cigarettes, and I was like, "We need to have an intervention for you." Like, are you <laughs> like? I don't think I've ever been more alarmed in my life. <laughs> And I know everyone's cultures are different. I'm not saying that America, trust me, we have our own chronic problems. Trust me. We're not saying we're we're any better. I was just a shock to me. It's just a cultural difference for sure. Yeah. Yeah, Like it's not, it's very uncommon to see like more than one person per like four or five blocks smoking a cigarette. Um, for the most part, we had a really great time. No one was really rude to us. People sometimes were in our personal space. That was a little bit weird. I'm like, oh, you're on my neck. <laughs> but Did the pandemic not teach you anything. I was my goodness. But other than that, we had a we had a really good time. Awesome. I'm just glad that you guys got to go. That's such a great trip. Uh-huh. Yes. Thank you. Thanks, babe. For taking me to Paris. Love is a gift. All righty. Well, let's go ahead and dig into our first segment, What is Trending? And talk about some things that have been happening in the world since we last came to you all. Um, So first and foremost, congratulations to Miss Kiki Palmer, who has given birth to her first child, a beautiful baby boy. So just, I think just about a day or two ago, um, Kiki Palmer gave birth to her son, um, they have named him Leotis Andrelton Jackson. Um, and, you know, hey. Y- y'all got some names on y'all. <laughs> yeah, they was naming that day. Let me tell you something. <laughs> Listen, they was giving out names and he got one. Mm-hmm. And honestly, I love it. It's very black. It's very Kiki Palmer. It's very I Kiki Palmer. <laughs> I was saying, like, it is that perfect combination of, like, a Hollywood baby name but an old black person's name, and that is peak Kiki Palmer, and I love that. I love that. Like, I know their their nick his nickname will be Leo, mm-hmm. but I, just something about Leotis just makes me feel warm and fuzzy inside. <laughs> it makes me feel like Cleophis, and I love that. Yes, <laughs> that's what that was literally like the first thought I had. It's yes, like, I'm like, what does this remind me of? Theophilus. Theophilus, yes. A lot of like old, like somewhat biblical. Mom's like, that's Greek. Like, Theopolis is Greek. Right. So, like, Adonis, Theopolis, like, Leotis, I'm pretty sure it's Greek. Just based on. If it's not, it sure will fit. Yay. But you know what? It's so, but it's, but also, it's just very, very black. It's very black. It's very black, and I'm just so excited for them. He look a little, he look a little, a little light skin. I mean, babies always look light skin when they first come out. Um, and I know his dad is like Puerto Rican and some other stuff. Yeah, he's biracial. Some, some. Um, so you know, we'll see what happens. You know, <laughs> as he, as he, you know, caramelizes, gets a little bit more right. sun on him. Yes, he oxygenates. <laughs> Yes. He oxidizes. He oxidizes. He oxidizes. Let's see what happens, y'all. Yo, my sister is having a baby, and I'm gonna say that to her. I'm like, oh, I can't wait to see what he looks like when he oxidizes. <laughs> the rebang. Um, but yeah, I think it's just you know, I, I love how Kiki moves through this pregnancy, and I think she's gonna be mm-hmm. such a great mom. Mm-hmm. Um, I like this this new chapter of her career that she's stepping into. Congrats, cousin. Yeah, and it's, and it's so funny because um, my mom, I don't know, like, 
I think a lot of us grew up with Kiki Palmer uh-huh. and seeing Kiki Palmer like shine. Um, and it, for me, I've always seen Kiki Palmer as like a like a cousin. Mm-hmm. And so my and it's so funny because I never said this about her to my mom, but my mom obviously sees her as like a niece because when my mom found out that she was pregnant. She was, really, she was really happy for her. She said, oh, well, who's, you know, who's the daddy? I was like, it's all her, her boyfriend showed her a picture. They seem really in love. My mom was like, and he better do right by her. He gonna have to see me. No, that's what's that. I said, he gonna have to see you, mommy. I, I'll, I'll go down there. I said, you gonna go down to LA? I'm gonna go down to LA. She said what she said. And I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna go down there. He gonna have to see, he gonna have to see me about Kiki. Yeah. I'm screaming. I was like, I know that's right, mom. You better protect your DC poo. My dad said this about her and about like Chloe and Hallie. He be like, "Ain't they too young?" I be like, "No, dad." No, right? <laughs> like, ain't she like twenty one? Kiki Palmer is my age. She pushing thirty with me. Right. Like, yeah, so she's close to thirty. She's a little older than I am. Right, actually, I was about to say she yeah. might be a year or two. Yeah, a year. Yeah, older. Kiki's grown, bro. Like either she thirty was- or hitting about to hit. She's waited plenty of, you know, long time enough. And so my dad was like driving in the car when a Chloe songs came on. And he was like, oh, this is one of um, the Beyonce girls. And he was like, why ain't she a little young to be singing like this? I was like, she's 25, 26, and I yeah. am 27. Like, we we are peers. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, oh, I thought yeah. she was like 19. No. No. <laughs> she's, she's, so Key Palmer is 20. 20- nine years old yeah yeah that's enough that's old enough to have a baby although i will say as, as somebody who doesn't have kids when people our age be having children i be having to like ground myself and where mm-hmm. i'm at in life because i'll be like what you mean you having a baby we are babies come on no no we are no we are not <laughs> 20 we young and fresh we're not now, mind you i'm going to my cousin's wedding on friday and now, my, mind you, my cousin is older than me by, like, I think more than, like, I want to say more than five years. I feel like it's a significant amount of time. Um, But even when he said, oh, he's getting married, I said, already? And he a little young. I'm like, babes, he's, like, 35. He's, he's not young. First of all. This is the right. This is about the right time. <laughs> like, and then, like, our line sister's getting married and like I just got the yeah. I didn't get the, I I like had just done my RSVP for the wedding. I'm like, ooh, we are we're a little young. I was like, no, we're not. We're not. We're not. Not spring chickens no more. Yeah, there was a season where like, we was like 21 and people was getting married left and right. And I was like, <laughs> that ho, is true. I was like, ho ho. Let's calm down. Now I knew that was a little off. I ain't sorry, y'all. If you got, if I mean, if you got married when we were like 21, 22, I hope that I wish for you a happy and wish healthy. Story. You want to stretch your legs, legs a little bit? Right. <laughs> you're right. We Ooh, just were able to buy a bottle of alcohol by ourselves. I like, know. Don't you want to just just feel the air on your skin a little bit more? Why we got to go inside just now? You barely started getting carded without having to worry. That's we was gonna clock your ID, like literally. Right. Let's just let's just sit in this for it's a little. It's only bit. 10 p.m. Why are you ending the party now? Felt like Ava when Janine was like, "I only been with Tariq." Oh. Mm. <laughs> okay. As in consecutively. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> consecutive. Like, what do you mean? 
eighth grade. <laughs> Drake. <laughs> You're 21. What do you mean? Eighth? Okay. All right. Okay. <laughs> yes. Congrats. You like it. I love it. Sorry if I'm shading anybody who listening. married you don't want to go date somebody else for like two weeks and then be like you know what it ain't nothing out there i don't even care if you do none of that it's just like do you really know i just feel like i truth be told i feel like i don't even know myself to like 24 i like two years ago at um 25 i'm like that's oh my god two years ago it's almost gonna be 26 yeah like it was Something in that like 23 to 26 range, like that was an awakening. And so I can't imagine being contractually bound to somebody. While also figuring myself out. Right. No, I'm not about to be Mrs. So-and-so. I don't even know who do Dana is. And mind you, I, I I am all for like dating for a while and then yeah. getting married, particularly when you are financially stable. I didn't say you had to be dating out here in these streets. You can stay and relate married. Yeah, no, that's just locked in. Ain't no switching up. Married. That, that's a serious word. Then married with children is is even. Oh it's one God. thing to be married, but married with kids and a mortgage, like married with kids, that piece. Married with kids, children, people outside your body Mm-mm. that weren't here before, and then you created them, and then now they're here on the earth, walking and talking, looking to me for your next meal. What? Yeah. Whoa, girl. What's for dinner? What is for dinner? And so, see, that's how I know. I'm like, I'm just, again, shout out to everybody who is ready. Truly, truly no judgment. But I am just not there. No. I'm I know I need to be, whether we together or not, when we have this baby, what we're going to do is this shit together. Because either that, or when I tell you I'm taking you to the court of all courts. The court okay? of all courts. Honey, I know some good attorneys, Okay. Same. Don't play. Do not play with me. Okay, I need help. Because what I need to do is go to bed. Right, and I, I'm like in the the thought of always like somewhat. Can you imagine like opening your eyes and then another human looking at you in your eyes like, "Feed me, please." But yes, congratulations, Kiki Palmer. Yeah. We're so proud of you. And welcome to the world, baby Leo. You're already a star. Leotis. Leotis. That's a good name to yell to when he's in trouble. Leotis. Leotis. <laughs> That's why she did it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, all right. Moving right along. Um, we are, I want to keep us on track. We've been doing good on time lately. So what are these are we going to talk about? Um... Yeah, let's keep on the on the 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 combo of film and and television and talk about um, Donald Glover's latest project. Um, so if you have not seen the trailer, um, definitely go hop online, and you will see that he is producing a movie called The Swarm, um, starring one Chloe Bailey. Um, and definitely go ahead and watch the trailer. I think it's a little bit more difficult to explain. Um, as opposed to kind of just getting the, the context for it. But in summary, it's about um, a, a an obsessed fan of a um, larger-than-life pop star and how that fan's obsession and the fandom um, kind of, you know, takes root and takes over that particular fan's life. Um, now, Beehive, as you, if you guys are faithful listeners of the show, you will know 
you got three card carrying members of the hive right here on this on this show. And when I saw that trailer, I personally said, is this fucking play about us? <laughs> Literally, right after she announced the tour, here he come. Like I'm like, bitch. What did we do to you? Who hurt you? Are you mad that we don't feel that way about you? I'm like, I don't... Lower your fucking tone, first of all. Nobody asked you. And honestly, as far as... Now, some hive, some of y'all... You do a lot. You need some hobbies. Now, I will say this. Why the movie was not called The Dolls? Okay. Because that's who we really need. Let's talk about this year epidemic. <laughs> At this moment. Let me tell you something. Hive, in the past, like, mm, seven years, we has won. really calmed down. I we, feel like Hive we, only go up when somebody try it. Like, really, really, we, really, really try it. Like we had to put some people in their place. And, right. now, and again, we have calmed down over the past seven years. I think because a lot of, like, Hive, one, Beyonce kind of told us, like, get your shit together. (laughs) Two, a lot of Hive is just older now, so our version of standing is not, like, coming for y'all, because we have jobs and lives and things to lose. Um, But we understand that Beyonce don't talk to us, so the way that we, we, like, okay, we buy, if she, if she has something coming out, we buy it immediately, we do it, we shut up. Like, that is, you know, and we, we stand, we make our fan cams, and and that's that's about it. She already told us that I don't want to be friends with y'all, and we have to we had to respect that. And that's fine. And I feel like a lot of like if you hive hive, if you OG hive card carrying member hive, you understand that because being hive also means giving Beyonce her boundaries. That and that's really what being hive is at this point because Beyonce has told us like she's like I like my personal time, my personal space. I like boundaries. I don't like doing interviews anymore. All that good stuff. I see you when I see you. And we are just glad when she remembers that we are here. Exactly. When she, when she like, addresses our existence, that to us is enough to keep us for the next five years. Yeah. And also, I feel like Beyonce has gotten to a point, like, of, of all of the the artists with the stands. Like, I feel like, like, Beyonce fans don't feel the need to argue with folks anymore. Because when you're like, oh, Beyonce is not that great, like you're making yourself look stupid. Like, I don't have to argue with you because that is false. Like, us being like, yeah, you know, grass is red. That's not true. Right. So you saying right. Beyonce is not talented, Beyonce is not that great. That's, like, factually incorrect. Correct. <laughs> I literally, I'm like, okay, so you have a character character flaw and I don't need to talk to you anymore. That's simply what that means. You like to be contrarian. Right. Right, and so, and I'm gonna let you be contrarian by yourself. Right, because again, are you talking about vocally? You're wrong. Are you talking about musicality? You're incorrect. Are you talking about performance? Like you're losing everywhere here. And guess what? Me and millions other will simply just buy her tickets and then move on. I'm. I want some of y'all to get going. Some of y'all, you know, sometime, you know, fair weather Beyonce friend fans. Like I need y'all to get out. Yeah, because if, if it was just real high fighting for these tickets for Renaissance tour, we would be fine. A calm process, and the rest of y'all can slide in if you want to, because it's also this new phenomenon which we need to talk about on another episode of people buying concert tickets just to sing two songs and then go home. I'm looking at everybody who's at this scissor tour. It's a lot of people 
it's a lot of people of a particular mm-hmm. particular demographic that are coming to sing two songs, half of a song. Right. And then are the, gone. The part that they've heard on TikTok. Right. To come sing I hate you and then leave. I'm like, did you listen to the album? Have you been waiting for the five, six years since Control released to go? Right. And then maybe blind. Maybe blind. Maybe. But like, again. So, you know, um, this movie's interesting. I don't know if Chloe, you know, brought it up to Beyonce. I or... feel like she had to sign off on it. Like, come now, on now. It ain't no way. Now, granted, I will say this, and maybe she thinks it's funny, honestly. I think that I'm Beyonce sure. in all her power, I think she probably Tell saw the movie care. already and was like, this is fucking hilarious. This is so stupid. Sure, fine, whatever. And and Chloe is actually, like, a very good actress. Um, I didn't care for, maybe that's an unpopular opinion when you talk about another show. I did not care for Grownish at all. At all. But I don't like none of them. Chloe and Hallie are very talented. Blackish grew on me. Um, like you gotta get through, I think, the seasons when they're little little kids, and once they get older, it gets better. But I didn't like Grownish did to me, Grownish didn't do what it set out to do. Like if it was supposed to fill some type of different world-esque void, it it very much did not do that to me. Um yeah. But Chloe and Hallie, to me, proved their acting chops in that show. Um, as well as some other folks as well. Um, yeah, but shout out to uh, Dominique Fishback, who's the actress that's, like, the main actress in, in this new movie, Swarm. Mm-hmm. She's a very great actress. I will say that. I agree. But again, like, I just feel as though, like... I also don't call, like, love that Donald Glover is producing this. Like... I think that's also what it is. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, I just... Sure. As somebody who has a very complicated relationship with his fandom, I don't love the fact that you are making a movie about fandoms because you have, I don't want to say like, it, that's a little bit extreme to like, oh, like you spat in your fan's face or whatever, but like you've, you've insulted a large portion of your fan base in a couple of different settings recently. And so maybe we should just... That's why I said, just not too, not too much. Not too we much. We couldn't talk yeah. about the phenomenon of people who go to rap concerts just to shout the N-word at the top of their lungs. Now that's a film. Yeah. Right. That's a film I want to see. Because when I tell you, I be in shell shock every time. Right. What did you just say? There's a lot of niggas flying around and I don't see nary a nigga. Right. That is my favorite <laughs> tweet. Is you know, I uh, many a nigga was said, and there your nigga was seen. Can I tangent for one second? Yes, yes, please. So, we were obviously talking about grownish and blackish and whatnot, and I was like, I cannot stand Kenya Bears, but I was like, let me just see what other stuff he's done. Why did he co produce and create America's Next Top Model? And I was like, this explains so much. So <laughs> I was like, oh my God. I did not know that. No wonder. I didn't know that either. No wonder everyone on this show was a damn menace. Kenya Barris, like, I was willing to, like, <laughs> give some room. But then that, what was that show that was on Netflix? Black AF? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, I hate I hate it. The way you be watching it, and I'm like, how do you watch this show? It's 
Who watches uh, it? Dwayne. It'll be, I, I don't know. It's just so cringy to me. Now, I will say this. As someone who's watched the show, it it is, it's, it's funny at times. I have laughed at certain jokes, but the, the content be so cringe that I'd be like, because yeah. they be missing the mark just by that yeah. much. And it's, I'd be like, because uh. I'm like, I love Rashida Jones. But what is this? <laughs> and I'm glad to see Rashida Jones in a role like acknowledging her blackness because I know that's like yes. a that she's had in Hollywood for a long time. So right. I was glad, happy about that, but it's like it's not doing what you're trying it's to do. It's never doing what I need it to do. Like blackish would try and like 65% of the time, like when it was wrong, it was wrong. But when Blackish gets it right, they get it right. Black mm-hmm. and I felt like he just constantly got it wrong. It just, just constantly, missing. and it would miss it by again, like by like that much to where it like kind of was awkward to watch how much he missed it. It was like you're so close, Kenya Barris, but you're not telling the the quiet part out loud, yeah. and it's actually like blaring in my ear. Which makes it so interesting to me for people like Jordan Peele, who, you know, is biracial and is not married to a Black person, but I feel like he gets it right, like, all the time. All the time. And so it's really just like, what are you trying to say? And like, are you being intentional with what you're trying to say? Yeah. And he's a really great, take everybody take notes. I think Jordan Peele is a great example of how you can be in your community and be immersed in your community and produce things for the black community and nobody cares who you're married to who you have right. children with like we like jordan just fine like so. you're not anti-black and so we're good key and peel did not i think i think the black community missed out on key and peel because it was on comedy central and it yeah. just wasn't we don't do once mad tv went off air we really stopped doing comedy central like that but when i went back and finally watched all six seasons of key and peel that show hilarious hilarious funny as hell hilarious i'm sad that i missed it when it was like on the air mm-hmm. but yeah i will i watch this movie Maybe I think it's on Amazon Prime, so like, yeah, right yeah. if it's free on Amazon Prime, sure, right. I'm not paying for it on yeah. Amazon Prime. I'm just like, Donald, you be better, you better be ready though, because you come up for hot. That just because we don't grown up, don't mean that some of us can't come out of retirement, right? Like, just not too much, just that's something, not too, not too much, much. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, so yeah. you know. Y- y'all can tell me y'all re- y'all review of uh well you can tell us your review of Swarm and let us you know let us know how you like it yeah um, or maybe depending on when it comes out if we're feeling froggy we could do a uh a, a bougie black girls reacts maybe so like I watched so that you didn't have to or so that you should mm-hmm. I don't know we'll, yeah we'll figure it out all right last certainly not least we can wrap it up here um before we move on. Um, let's just really quickly talk about the NAACP Image Awards. Um, lots of great looks, um, lots of wins. Um, the fashion was great. Um, shout out to the actor who plays Jacob Hill on Abbott Elementary. We see you. Good fit. Great stylist. Keep them around. 
Um, also, uh, what's her face who plays um, Mrs. Shimenti? Mm-hmm. Yes. Right. Keep it up. Uh, Janelle James won uh, Best Supporting Actress. Uh, lo- no, I'm sorry. That was an NAACP. That was uh, SAG Awards. But anyway, Abbott wins. Um, Coco Jones won her first uh, award at the NAACP Image Awards for music. Um, Arbu from Wakanda Forever to Noche Huerta um, had his win. And Love You Babe. Um, but um, we did also see a wonderful win um, and a very, very moving speech um, about uh, their daughter, Zaya, from um, Gabrielle Union and Dwayne Wade. Um, just wanted to take a moment to to really acknowledge and, and to um, talk about that speech. Um, did you guys get to see it? I did. I saw both uh, Dwayne Wade speak and the part where Gabrielle Union spoke. Um, both came from just a very humble but stern place. A very like serious place of like, one, on a personal level we don't play about our kids mm-hmm. and we want to make sure that our kids are affirmed in who they are and to their becoming. And we have done the work. We have done the research. We continue the work in terms of being the best, just parents on an individual level that we can be. Uh, but in, also on an overall level, on a, on a humanity level, leave these kids alone. Right either advocate for them or leave them alone and we're not and the work that we're trying to do in the community cannot be done by ostracizing them it simply cannot be done um and i hope y'all felt gabrielle union's sternness and i hope you felt it and it hit you and it hit you hard because that was a point in what she was doing and, and i and i really really hope Y'all took a second look i know some of y'all i know i've seen some of the ignorant ass comments already uh-huh. how they use nature for publicity and that's why her mom that's why y'all y'all first of all y'all dead name and misgender Zaya and say that's what that's why um I'm not even gonna misgender her like y'all do I can't even get it out my mouth um but y'all was like oh that's why her mama don't play that first of all Zaya Wade's biological mother is a deadbeat and was absent yes. before she started. Before this even happened, right? Thank you. Two, two. She was abusive. Huh. If that's what you call parental love, just because your your child is something that you did not expect them to be, then we need to have a very real conversation about why some of y'all are parents. Let me tell you something. Uh-huh. I I have so much. So so to what you said, Asha. I really love the fact that that Gabrielle and Dwayne centered the speech on on acknowledging just the grace and and the the, the tenaciousness that that Zaya has moved through this period of her life with, and how yes. like yes, the award was for them, but like truly, like she is the the champ in all of this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's the catalyst to all of to this. To be so young and to just handle this with grace, and then you know, I'm not sure if she's still. Um, dating that young man, but kind of like entered a relationship and there was backlash with that. And just to to be able to move through what is like a, just a very difficult time in, in any young girl's life, like in general, but then to also deal with transitioning and then the public scrutiny that comes with not your choice, but your parents' choice to be a public figure while you're figuring all of that out and like coming into, to, you know, young adulthood, like just right. like, 
kudos, kudos, kudos to Zaya. Like I do not know many young people who would have handled this with as much ease and grace um, that she has. And I know she's probably just Mm -hmm. been such a beacon for, for young people out there who are struggling um, you know, within the, the specifically the Black LGBTQ community in that transition. So just huge, huge applause for even just carrying that weight because it's also hard to be a role model, um, which people don't talk about. So so be glad, kudos to Zaya and kudos to, to Gabby and Dwayne for centering her in that. Um, yes. But also like specifically talking about Dwayne Wade, number one, he was a full-time professional NBA player when he got full custody of his daughter. Yep. Do you know what you got to be doing for a judge to get full custody of children to a, to a full-time right. professional NBA player? Like, and granted, I will not pretend to know the nuances of that court case and the legal system in general, but like, come on now. Like, right. something got to be going on for a judge to, one, I think most judges are biased towards mothers to begin with, which is, you know... Another side effect of toxic masculinity, which y'all want to talk about. Um, but also, like, again, he's got a very demanding career, but still got full custody of his kids. Um, but then also just, like, we talk about the struggle for, like, you know, good father figures, Black men who are very present in their lives, who mm-hmm. love their families, who do right by their kids. Like, here we have just such an example, such a shining beacon of that. And somebody who has, you know, just checked all of the boxes. And here is somebody for, you know, the Black community and Black men and Black women to uplift as like the example of this is what a husband should be. This is what a father should be. And the fact that so many of y'all who used to, you know, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, Dwayne Wade, big him up, have suddenly just pulled back from him is so telling. It's so telling. Mm -hmm sad and again i want to just whenever y'all can send me the email with the attachment to the gay agenda with the powerpoints i would love to see it what's on it what's on it what are the pa- what are, what's what's one and then subsection a b and c i want to come as we always say everybody's gay now and then and then what happens and then what happens <laughs> what am uh, there's a creator on tiktok i'll have to like comment her name in the show notes if I can remember but it was like she was talking about think about everything that has happened on earth like global warming you know slavery um genocide mass incarceration violence against women like all these things and y'all truly like anytime something happens with like the queer community or something, they be like, God is coming soon. This is an abomination. Do you truly think this would be the thing that made God be like, let me get down there. Absolutely. Like, right. Let me get down there, bro. <laughs> I gotta put it in too far. Like, come on, y'all. Really? Like out of out of like out of rape, pedophilia, landslides, war, nuclear bombs, you think because he saw two men kissing or two women kissing or somebody he said this is this is it this is where i cut it off i open like please be so fucking serious right now (laughs) like exactly again y'all just be talking and talk y'all be y'all be putting a lot of words in god's mouth that were never there i I just want him to come down and be like i ain't say none of this that is not none no i ain't saying that and then just close the sky back up (laughs) listen 
I swear, y'all be making up a new verse of the Bible every three days. I really do. Like, I miss that. We didn't go over that in, in Sunday right. school. But what does it say after that? See, y'all know we talking about what's this, what it says. Yeah. Oh, the, the, the two, the one line in a it's verse. they don't know what comes from. after it because they never opened a Bible a day in their life. Right, people just mm-hmm. quote and stuff that they hear. A lot of women, and let's keep it up, but mm-hmm. y'all be letting men be homophobic in the bedroom in terms of in y'all's houses in your privacy and you don't say a word address it like oh well you know that's how he feels but you know but then you have like a, a gay friend or you have you know your hairdresser is gay or you just you know you like right with them in the club you can't it can't be uchiwali and one mic you gotta pick so one wild to me like i just i don't understand how y'all operate like to me it's just it Mm. critical thinking is so important education is so important but don't reward don't reward him for being homophobic because right oh my gosh like and it's all connected like if he's a homophobe he's probably a misogynist he's probably a chauvinist he's also probably bigoted in other areas yeah the homophobia it's a hotel pipeline it's very straight it's very straight and narrow they run parallel okay Mm -hmm. They run into the same reservoir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And I don't have time for either one. I simply am not doing it because, again, let's remind ourselves that if you date somebody who's homophobic and you marry someone that's homophobic, you're homophobic. You're homophobic. And also, if you have a child, mm. you cannot. <clears throat> Is this thing on? You cannot choose your child's sexuality or gender identity. You cannot choose it. You have no control over it. You could I you could try to I will I'm gonna raise my child not to be gay. You can raise a child to not be gay to be just as homophobic as you are. And they might just be. That sucks. But if that child is gay, they're just gonna be homophobic and gay. If you knowingly have have children with a homophobia or bad parent. Yeah. Full stop. Yeah. I don't care how how much you think you're not homophobic, if you know that your partner that you are procreating with is homophobic you are a a bad parent because you're, you're setting your kids up for failure either way either way they they come out either way they identify you're setting your kids up to be either ostracized and shamed or also just another homopo- homophobic piece of shit and so either way you're just gross. either way you're a terrible parent and sidebar to these 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 people who have issues with these turfs who are like now struggling with the term chest feeding as opposed to like breastfeeding please shut all the way the fuck up like who fucking cares who could and if you want to call it breastfeeding you can do that that's the thing i'm like i, I will never understand like everything is a pr- if you prefer to say this then say, then say it in turn as far as terms like that like just say what and referral to you like y'all just be so right about everything what in the world like yeah but then when it also stop feeding into bs propaganda about like just propaganda trying to erase real women no cis heterosexual men are Are trying to (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah Look on the news today. Ain't much conspiracy to it. Go on the news. 
Like it is literally happening in front of us. I stopped getting DoorDash deliveries brought to my apartment door and I'll meet them in the parking lot because I'm scared of getting murdered. Thank you. What are we talking about? No, that is very true. Black people, let's let's have a conversation. In the grand scheme of things, right? We have bigger fish to fry. But I think it's always just like, they're like, oh, like the LGBT community, they, they have their own movement, but black people been going through this for 400 years. Is there not black LGBTQ people? That, that's, that's, not a, most... that's not a thing, y'all. Like, we, they, they don't exist. I don't know where the cognitive dissonance comes in on that piece. And the thing is, I seen somebody say, well, like they brought up that, that point it was like well it's not like the black people is the face of the movement they just are brought up when when it when it comes to like uh situations like this even even if that is the case you mean how black women are not centered in movements around <laughs> around black prosperity you mean how in 2020 when we were talking about the the un the killing of unarmed black people every person who was brought to the forefront was a black man and while we rightfully so needed to stand up for them black women like brianna taylor were relegated to the side and very few men felt the need to speak on how she was murdered in her own home in her bed minding her fucking business like that straight like that oh like how black trans women are gunned down in the street all the time oh Mm-hmm. Oh. Exactly. But they're only tokens, Dana. It's only tokenism. Oh, that's all it is. That's all it is. It's all token. as, as, if they, as if they possibly couldn't be relegated to the sides of the movement by, by cis hetero men and or by white people like we always are. Right. It's like, and, and my thing is like, and this is why like this whole no child left behind thing was a detriment to us all because- Oh like, my gosh. Some of y'all niggas needed to have been left, just left period. Not left behind, left just period. Left. <laughs> because like if you know anything about the queer movement you know that it was spearheaded by black trans women by black queer folk and <clears throat> if you've been to any march within the last 20 plus wow. years who's at the forefront of the black lives matter marches black marches a part of running grassroots organizations for for black folk Y'all, y'all, y'all come for a little photo walk, put your fist up, and then you go the fuck home. People who are doing the work every day, who dedicate their lives, your social workers, your grassroots organizing, organizing leaders. These are the, like, a lot of them are going to be black queer folk, black LGBTQIA folk, black trans folk. They're doing the work every day. And then y'all come, I mean, I'm talking Baynard Rustin, who organized the march on washington was an openly black gay man y'all don't know your history because it's being suppressed from you because if again we have bigger fish to fry and homophobia and transphobia is distracting y'all from the people who are actually really harming you in real life you don't pay attention like why is it like do you really think that king was the only person who spoke that day thank you do you only think that he would, do you think that he, and, and no shade, and, and I'm not no shade, but like, like no, sh- I don't, I wouldn't throw shade at Martin Luther King. That's why I mean no shade, but like, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but like, you know, like there were, the fact that people don't resonate, the fact that there were other people there, like even when we have conversations about civil rights and it's always, oh, King and X, King and X, do you think there were not other 
black thought leaders do you think there were not your black people who were talking about the issues in the systems do you think that there were not women who were a part of these conversations like do you think that these people just all of a sudden like sprang out of the ground in like 1992 like what what do we think is happening here right that's what i'm saying i just and i want to give people grace because this is by design and a lot of this is not your fault but at the same time in 2023 in 2015 we have too much work to do in terms of continuing to build our community up in terms of when i tell you y'all there are bigger fish to fry there are bigger fish to fry the housing market is going out of this world gentrification is getting crazy out here insurance companies getting crazy out here the people who are actually physically stealing from you in terms of like laws and policies and things like that the people who are actually taking money out of y'all's physical hands you don't give them half of smoke for people who are simply just living their lives. They just introduced a bill to dismantle the Board of Education. Well, I'm glad I got my education when I did. Because Wake Lord Jesus. Up. Wake up. Get up. Get up Move. out of your seat. Get up. I just had to have a very difficult conversation with my niece about like the state of education and how we have to like significantly scale back where she is permitted to attend college. Mm-hmm. It's real out here. Right. And you're worried about people who identify differently than differently than you. Get up. Read a book. Why do you care? Why do you care so much? Get off so the again, Stop listening. To, don't listen to this podcast, but also, you know, curb you know engage with materials that require you to to sit with your own thoughts and do your own analysis like stop letting people spoon feed spoon feed you ideologies exactly right and that means you too church folks there's a lot of things that you're saying that are in the bible that are just simply not there that are just simply not there and 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 are actually there the bible says and out of all of these that's the most important is love y'all don't leave from love I, this is, ooh, this is another conversation. And I really want us to, we say this a lot, but I want us to talk about this soon. I would like black church, black women who go to church, I would really like y'all to be removed from the shackles of the importance that that people lead you to believe is placed on marriage. Please, please take a breath. And your and your reproductive system. Dude, I want you right. to let the shackles of marriage and your repro- and your in, ter- in terms of like having to have children, having to be married for value to see heaven. Mm-hmm. Like I want you to like your identity does not only exist in your reproductive system and in your relationship in terms of marriage. And the Bible doesn't say that at Thank all you. that's the key there y'all be like oh my god marriage i have to be a good wife i have to be a good that the bible doesn't say i mean it does say like if you're gonna you know have children and be married you know be a good wife be a good mother all that but like that's not the only instructions that apply to you and the same emphasis on on being a father and a husband is never put on men in the church and so why is it that everything in your identity as a black church going woman is centered around preparing yourself for for marriage and motherhood there's there's other shit it's, it's hella other chapters in there <laughs> it's 
other stuff that you gotta do. Like, right. Right. This, this this much. You're missing the meat and potatoes of the book. No. Your womanhood, your femininity is for you to find, for you to formulate, for you to be an individual in, for you, for you to be, for you to develop. That has nothing to do, your womanhood, your femininity does not have to have anything to do with your reproductive system. There are women who are born cis and who don't have functioning I don't have like functioning reproductive systems basically are they less of a woman because of how they were born no so my thing is like y'all need to like like y'all saying like cramps and 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 bloating is what makes me a woman I will gladly give that shit right absolutely back. you can keep yeah. it you can I don't care if they turn pads metal if they turn like the the advertisement metal gray on pads with with motorcycles and a man with a tattoo I don't care I still have to use them bitches and I don't want, I want to. to ain't enough blue liquid in the world you can pour on this shit that makes me and I'll be damned if I associate my womanhood with that bullshit no I'm not doing it there's so much more to it than that when you remove like your your relationship with womanhood and femininity from like the the, the cis hetero white male gaze like it changes your life like truly truly changes your life that's why you really I'm not fully out yet. Like, I think it's going to be a lifelong journey. But in the past three years, I would say, like, I'm a good 75 to 80% out. And good God, like, my life then versus my life now, like, if I could go back in time and just, like, shake 2013 <laughs> day and I'm like, yo, you got the sauce. <laughs> just chill out for a little break. I think I'd get rid of a lot of heartbreak if I were to really mm-hmm. tap into that. I think that's when you really get into your bad bitch era all around. And it takes a while to come, particularly when you've been forced into the society and the, the, the societal mind of what you people think women should be like. Mm-hmm. When you start to get out of that, you, one, you release a lot of trauma. You release a lot of uh unrealistic stereotypes or unrealistic expectations of yourself. Um, you really you free yourself of a lot of white noise that does not need to be in your head of what a woman should be of who you should be as an individual Um, and that's what I want for all women but you know you have to tap out of that homophobia and that transphobia to get there and you you will feel more like a woman you know, right. and I have air quotes. Whatever that means. Woman. Yeah. yeah, whatever the hell that right. means than you have in your life. Like, I feel like, I feel like in the past couple of years of my life, I've tapped into more, like, just from like an aesthetic and like fashion and outward perspective purpose, I've tapped more into like hyper feminine kind of like aesthetics and clothing than I ever did in my life prior to mm-hmm. releasing that because I was finally able to sit down with myself and, okay, I'm like, what do I like? And like, what have I kind of told myself I can and can't wear because of, you know, standards and like, Mm -hmm. what do I enjoy? Do I want to cut my hair? Do I want my hair to be long? Like, what do I like to look like? Like, and again, I think it's been super popular lately of like, you know, I don't do this for the men. I do this for the bitches. Right. I do this for, for little girls to walk down the street and be like, wow, her outfit is so great. 
I love her <laughs> hair. When little black girls tell me I look great, it just drives me. I go in my car and uh-huh. I cry. I'm like, I did that. I did it today. Right. Well, like, like I, you're so pretty. I'd be like, stop it. That's <laughs> <laughs> all I've ever wanted. Well, you're pretty too, thanks. You're so pretty. I'm like, thank you. You are too. Start dressing like this now. If you want to look like this, start do it, do it now. Do it now. Anyway, we will take a short break and be right back with something you need to hear. What is up, you guys? Thank you so much for listening to Black Girl Roundtable. We're going to get right back into the episode. But before we do, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and following us on social media at The Bougie Black Girls on TikTok and on Instagram. You can also check out bougieblackgirls.com for articles, updates, and some info on some other soon-to-come produced projects by The Bougie Black Girls. Let's get back into the episode. Hey, y'all, we are back with something y'all need to hear. And, you know, we slid right out of, you know, Black History Month strong. And we're going right into Women's History Month per. So, you know what that means? We got to, you know, remix it and do, you know, honor our Black women. So, this episode, we're going to just talk about a few of our favorite Black women, past, present, real, and fictional who um, have either impacted our lives as a whole or whose personas we have um, really come to admire um, and kind of, you know, take a little bit of. So um, shall I start, ladies, or do you want to start? You can start. So I want to just give a shout out. I saw um, someone uh, mentioned um, this phenomenal woman that a lot of people just don't know about on TikTok the other day, Um, and that is Georgia Richardson. um, or I'm sorry, Gloria Richardson. Gloria Richardson. Um, so Gloria Richardson, um, she was a, a civil rights activist here in Maryland, um, like on the Eastern shore. Um, and she comes from a, like a pretty like upper middle-class family, um, uh, lighter skin, um, um, AKA, um, and, but she, and she also fought against colorism in her chapter which I think was so cool. Um, but you all probably know her from that iconic picture of the woman who had the gun in her face during a protest and simply pushed the gun away out of annoyance. Y'all remember that picture? Mm, I love it. It's one of my favorites. That is Gloria Richardson. And I just love how iconic that picture is. And if you hear her story, she actually was um, a very prominent civil rights activist um, and women's activist um, in Maryland and one she did not believe in nonviolence. she believed in uh like if you hit me I'm finna hit you back the fuck out fuck out of here um and she was not passive and again I think there are this validity in these different um movements that black people have to be back then um but she was just she was just a badass um she died at 99 in 2021 um and she was she was just like again just Y'all saw that picture. She was very unbothered. Like, oh, and she, people asked her, were, were you scared? It's like, yeah, I was scared. But like, at the same time, I was tired. Like, this shit, like, this was not, a, like, what we were going through um, in the country, but also in Maryland, um, cannot be tolerated. Um, and at some of the pictures, she had kids. Like, she, like, she wasn't, like, a young person, relatively. 
at the time she had kids she was I believe I have to look it up again but she I believe was a college professor and she went with her students she was protesting with her students and that's when she knocked and I'm pretty sure she probably like 39 40 years old probably like this this white racist 20 year old in her face with his gun like little boy put that shit away you know how to use that like and so Gloria Richardson I just want to know like you're like she has always been like one of the shining stars to me when it comes to like civil rights activism um and also she fought against like sexism in the um civil rights movement um just a very um oh she's from Cambridge Maryland which is on the eastern shore if anybody wants to wanted to to look that up but she just just a, a badass woman in a black woman in history um just iconic and you know you speak her name she's an ancestor now and yeah I love that yes um I can go um the one I have and it's probably just because I'm on my period and every time I get it I think about her um is Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner um so for those of you who did not know um it is a black woman who invented the menstrual pad um, and her name is Mary Beatrice Davidson Kenner, um, and she patented that invention. Um, if you've ever seen like those old images of pads, they were like, they were definitely, you know, historical, but essentially mm-hmm. it was like a belt that you clipped around um, your body and you kind of just inserted the disposable menstrual pad like in the little holder um, of that belt. And it was just really revolutionary for women at the time because prior to that, you were essentially using like rags, cloths, um, anything you could find and just like stick in your underwear to stop you from bleeding all over your clothes. And so when I think about, you know, just how much, you know, um, period products and like women's feminine care products have evolved, um, I just always think about like, yo, like this entire industry was created by a black woman. And that's like so fucking amazing to me. No, that's a fact. That every time I think about that belt, I'm just like, thank the Lord, right, right. for evolution. <laughs> I can't imagine. Right. That was probably like revolutionary. Because again, if you if you had to choose, if I had to choose between the belt and like a washcloth, right? You mean no, it's, it's one of those things. Like obviously, like in modern times, I'm like I'm not thinking of like what were y'all doing back then, but like watching Bridgerton, when homegirl pulled out like that napkin, I was like, yeah, right. Like, oh you know it's that so, sounds terrible it's so funny because like i even like will talk to it, and we talked about this during like our black history month episode as well but like we talk about like history and like things that are just so commonplace to us like how like certain things are not as far away as we think they are and so like i was talking to my grandma a couple days ago about like the same thing and just like how much like period products have evolved in like her lifetime like it's crazy to think about and she'd be like yeah i remember we had this and it was only this one brand of this and this that the third which is i got cramps just thinking about it just having (laughs) one because you know my grandma is young and fresh and fun and fancy um and so she facetimes me and i just came back from target and she facetimed me um, and she was like, well, what did you get? Show me what you bought. And I bought the new Diva Cup. And so she was like, well, what is this? Explain it to me. Like, how do you use it? And what does it do? And she was like, wow, this is, you know, so 
different. I didn't know how we did this and we did that. I was like, Grandma, like, how are you even here right now talking to me about this? Because I would have given up. <laughs> I'm like, actually, <laughs> we're done. Screaming. But I'm going to go on a more modern note and go with her. our favorite girl, our cousin, Issa Rae. Period. Love just cause, like I mean, I I'm sure both of y'all watched it too, but just like seeing mm. her come up is just inspirational in and of itself. Like to just not give up on your dreams and like also for her like putting other people on because we often don't get the opportunities to do so. Yeah. So just seeing her like like she said, I'm rooting for everybody black. So whatever she gets the the opportunity, the space to do so, just like seeing all the black people win like that's for me and of course with insecure our beloved show that i'm about to rewatch again oh, i need to just having i'm gonna say pop air quotes are real positive because we know it was some drama but positive <laughs> representation in shows when media is trying to tear us down as a community is just everything to me so just seeing like real life not no crazy loving hip-hop bs like real life scenarios and also getting it for me at least getting advice and perspective on situations that are we're actively going through as young adults i felt was you know kind of mm, revolutionary is not the best word for it but i'm gonna say it anyway no i agree no. I think revolutionary fits and when you think about like we wouldn't be having the quinta moment we were it, right yeah so it's crazy <laughs> Because that first season of Black Lady Sketch Show, Quinta had me on the ground. Exactly. Exactly. Let me tell you, I just watched, um, she she received an award. Um, it was from, like, I forgot, it's, it's from a film industry. It was a film, a, a film award, and I think it was about entrepreneurship. But I almost forgot how funny Issa was hilarious. Yes. she's hilarious and just her little one-liners and like her laugh and her smile like i'm so excited to continue to see what she does i really do like the show rap shit i like oh, i've loved ew. everything um that isa's done for the most part and so i'm yeah i think in the next 30 years we're gonna see like how Issa shifted exactly how people conduct business within the entertainment industry. Yeah, and I think to- we're gonna see a big shift. Uh, we're gonna continue to. We're gonna see what the shift is because she's making the shift now, mm-hmm. and she's you know she's mm-hmm. been making the shift. And the importance of like when she emphasizes network across, like I think that's resonated with yes. a lot of people, and we're seeing that more. Like I was definitely one of those people who was like big into like the BuzzFeed content back when, you know, BuzzFeed was what it was prior and, and not so much yeah. what it is now, but like to see people that I liked on BuzzFeed pop up on Abbott Elementary, like mm-hmm. it's crazy to me. Thank you. And like, cause every time Kate, let me tell you something about that little white girl. She's the teacher who kicked that kid in the first episode. <laughs> funny. She is that was funny. funny. She's hilarious. And she's actually a writer on the show um so i think she only pops up sometimes but like i've seen her do other like little like youtube comedy skits and stuff that little white girl is funny and i know she's really good friends with quinta so i love that they're getting to work together on Abbott because i know they've been friends for a long time 
Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I love Issa. And you miss Insecure. Um, I highly, highly recommend buying her book, Misadventures of Awkward Black Girl. Um, if you want the full Insecure experience, get the audiobook um because she narrates it. And so you get that same like Issa delivery of it. And it, it's it will make you it's one of the few memoirs that makes me laugh out loud. Same with Quince's book. Her book is great as well. Adds to cart. Yes. They're good for commutes. I listen to both of those like over the course of like a couple of days on like a series of commutes. Oh, thanks. I'm waiting for to get to this wedding in Philly, child. Yeah, put them on. It's good. Um, now let's talk about our some of our fave um black women pop icons. We can just all just say that Beyonce is queen. She brings the game and. She has she has transformed the way we listen to and engage with music. Um, and so we're not even going to... We've already said these things about Beyonce. Exactly. So we're going to just... Boop! Was like, everybody already knows that. Yeah, <laughs> right there. So someone else besides Beyonce. Okay. I'll start us off with, you know, somebody who's adjacent to her, but is truly, truly an icon in her own right. And that is Kelly Rowland. Yes, or Kelly. She just performed at um like some event in Australia, and she had just posted like clips of the performance. And you know, it's really a shame that a lot of times in the music industry with Black women, they're always like, "Oh, there can only be one." Because I would have just loved to live in a world where Beyonce and Kelly were allowed to thrive simultaneously, because. Right. The, the vocal talent and the stage present and the dance ability, like Kelly has got all of that. Um, yeah. And is just stunning Ooh, like, right. in a way that is like criminally unfair. Um, yeah. <laughs> like it's truly like, wow, you just didn't want none of the rest of us to ever be considered beautiful. Great, got it. Um, but I just, I really like the season of her life that she's stepping into. If you've never sat down and listened to Kelly's catalog, I kind of fell down a Kelly Kelly rabbit hole a couple weeks ago, and her music is just good. Even that first album that didn't do super well, like, Kelly's music is good. It's always been good. Vocally, it's on par with a lot of the people that are her peers that are, you know, have bigger music careers. And I think the the respect that she commands from them is just indicative of you know the respect that she deserves from the rest of us so love kelly down as an individual yes um oh kelly Bowling gives me the feels and gives me such a nostalgic but like also like a i don't know like she makes great first of all if you never heard her like party music like her like dance Mm -hmm. music you're missing out because it is a it's so good and it's a vibe it's like very beachy like kelly Rowland's kelly Rowland's music transforming transforms me to another place whether it be a specific place in the present or in the past like her music just transforms me so to you know or transports me that's what i'm trying to look for for her to play donna summer's yeah, I have yeah. been said this. If you see pictures of them side by side, twins. literally twins, twins. Ugh, please, God. Be- yes, Jesus, if you love me. And she's now t- not Tyler. She's about to be in the Tyler Perry movie. Let me tell you something. That wig better be the best wig you have ever pulled exactly anywhere because you know right. the script, 
we, we've chatted, Tyler, you know, you're going to do what you do. But what you're not going to do is put one of these um, little shake-and-go wigs on Kelly motherfucking Rowland. Not Kelly Rowland. I know that the not fuck. Not here but... and not today. You better call Kim Kimball or somebody with some skills. Mm-hmm. You will not have one of these 24 pieces wigs on Kelly Rowland. I no. will not stand for that. Right. Boycotting. I will, I will go up there to Peachtree, whatever the okay, fuck. Okay, I'll be in my car and ride down to Tyler Perry Studios. I'll go to Tyler Perry Studios. And knock okay. on your door. What is going on? What is this? I can I'm, do better I'm, I'm, than this. I'm, Come on. Man. I'm moving and shaking tables. That's all I know. Angelina? Hmm. I think I'm going to have to go with the only person for me who is second to Beyonce, Mariah Carey. Yeah. Literally our fave's fave. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's just, she's just iconic. When you can't say nothing, like, talk about somebody who knows their worth. Like, yes. (laughs) Like, will attack. An inspiration. Like, what? Even outside of the music, when she sued that man for wasting her time. Like, t- know <laughs> your worth. If y'all don't take nothing from what Miss Mariah be doing. 10 out of 10, baby. 10 out of 10. The queen of petty. I'm going to get a lookalike and put you on my diss track. She said, why are you obsessed with me, Eminem? It's I, weird. Is She said, I'm a mom. She said, you a mom and pop. I'm a corporation. Bitch. She... What what can you say? There's only one. There will ever there will only ever be one. So let's let's not get it confused. I love the fact that Mariah don't even sing and dance no more when she go on tour. She be like, y'all she know I to... y'all know I got it. Exactly. Tape with the shoulder move. With exactly. the shoulder on the couch. Now she will give you a vocal every once in a while. Like every six months, she'll give you a vocal. But dancing, babe, I'm gonna sit on this, I'm gonna lay on this here couch mm-hmm. and just luxury and be and let the, the big husky men that I've hired carry me wherever I want to go. Because you didn't come here for choreo and we sure didn't. And we sure didn't. We sure didn't. <laughs> One I thing I love I'm right. for you to hit a note that is out of this world mm-hmm. so that mm-hmm. I can be like, oh my God. Give me that's a all I gave me to the ear, and that's all I right. wanted. Exactly. I also love that Mariah wears heels wherever she goes. Like, it does not matter. It's just like Weird. the epitome of fabulous. Yes. I like the fact that, like, probably in like 2009 or something, maybe a little earlier than that, she was like, this is my look, and this is what I'm going to look like for the rest of my days because I look great. And so like the little, the little short, I mean, you know, maybe that's where some of my inspiration comes from. Cause the short, short mm-hmm. look and just, this is it. I love that. I love Mariah. And even though she is the queen of Queens right now, she is also a very nice person. I like so to too. her fan base and everything. Like she is a very nice person. So. And she's had a, her, her memoir was very, very interesting. It teaches you a lot about her. I like Mariah Carey a lot. Oh yeah, I'm so sorry, Mariah, that you got to be attached to Nick Cannon. I'm so sorry. I know. I'm so sorry, you got to deal with. We you had the first batch. You, you know? right? You number one. Read her so. memoir, though. Like I get it. Like I get how she got there because at the, you know you can say what you want about Nick Cannon and all his nonsense with these kids, but at the time, you know, he didn't have no kids. He was devoted mm-hmm. to her. He yeah, was- no, at the time. 
Yeah. And he wasn't down. Oh yeah. But when, down. when she talked about it in her memoir, I was like, Oh, I get this. He had his own money, stayed with a job, was not in Ooh. her pocket, um, yep. and was not threatened by her being Mariah. And it was very right. difficult for her to find somebody who culturally understood what she was trying to do that also wasn't in her money or or jealous of her. Um, and I think a lot. I think a lot of things about Nick Cannon, but I, I don't think he was jealous of Mariah at any point. Oh no! He, no, he I think, genuinely loved her. I, I will say that. I think he I really respects it. her a lot, which I think, I think it's hard for her to, to find. Yeah, I I I never really didn't see it. Like I saw it because one, I think that Mar- I think that Nick Cannon at the time, especially, was very just infatuated and very just one proud to be yeah. Mariah Carey's husband. Yes. Yeah. That man got his entire entire bag. Not just a part, it not a corner, not a piece. The, the whole shoulder blade. The entire bag dedicated to her. And so like that in itself, and I think, yeah, like Nick Cannon has had, had his own money for a very long time. Mm, yes. Right? And he knew his niche. He wasn't, you know, it doesn't seem like Nick Cannon at the time tried to like he was a singer but you know he was kind of like a uh i don't know he like i do this shit for play play but i really am like an actor and a personality yeah. remember when he purchased day. teen nick that was like during the mariah era he was nick was was doing well, he was thing. on top of that i mean not that he's down bad now no no it just, that's a lot of child support that's what we're saying oh, yeah, yeah, yeah like, no he got he got a lot of children to care but he's business. nick cannon keep that is nick keep a job cannon because okay. right him and Kiki Palmer, they gonna mm-hmm. work. One thing they gonna do is keep a check, okay? He in said, different what, areas. What little sh- game show y'all got? I'ma host it. I really love Nick Cannon and his Mariah era. Like that was a great yes. season of his life. Mm-hmm. Yes. No, I totally, I totally get why at the time she and and he also seemed like a very funny charismatic guy yeah, so he seems like i get guy. the i get the appeal he's probably um, a nice man he just is making some not so great choices yeah but again suing somebody for wasting your time is just so freaking iconic like i aspire to be this way oh my <laughs> that's just some bullshit that i just aspire to be like Wait, bitch my, my presence time. is expensive and what the one. fuck do you think you're doing and one and one and you got a judge in a federal court to be like, yep. You right, you wasted right. her damn time. Give her some money. Give her a check. I love it. A living walking meme, but she's also dead serious. And I <laughs> dead serious. So fucking serious. You know how great you have to be to be deemed the queen of Christmas? Exactly. Mariah don't have to do nothing else for the rest of her life. Because all I want for Christmas is gonna pay the bills um say what you want glitter is a good movie i don't care <laughs> fight me on it i watch it every time it's on tv the music butterfly glitter glitter yeah i love it you will not I, there will be no glitter slander in my presence it's great i enjoyed it mariah well mariah you have a glitter fan okay Ooh, i'm not trying to hear none of that about glitter <laughs> I don't care what you girls are talking about. I'm watching every time Glitter is on. The way y'all watch ATL, I watch Glitter. <laughs> don't you come for their favorite movie, Dana. I don't give a damn. If I, I, if I never see ATL again, it'll be too soon. But Glitter, every time I'm stopping. 
You only you. So of course we're talking about you know iconic black women in music and uh, pop culture. We gotta talk about Nippy. We gotta talk about yep. Whitney Houston. Yep. That's gonna be mine this week. Um, R.I.P. to the goat, um, Whitney Houston. She just seemed like one one a funny person. She just was a funny person. Um, and I just wish that she was able to live her life the way she wanted to live it. Um, but that without trauma and without hiding. Um, but also just be you know just to see her the way that we saw her mm-hmm. um and one thing that i've always loved about whitney houston um she was all she was one like refined but she was also very <laughs> like that new could jump right out <laughs> um i just just a stellar voice gorgeous songs like I there's a there's a Whitney I say there's a Whitney Houston song for any occasion, um even her like, her more of her cuts, are just very good. She's another one of those people that like you don't ever want her to cover one of your songs songs because it's now her song. Yeah, just took Dolly part and whole song. Took her whole shit. And Dolly was like, "Thank you." It's fine. She's like, "You sang it <laughs> way better damn than I ever could have." I said, well, that sounds great. Wow. Well, said, Why didn't I sing it like that? that? <laughs> I wrote that? You sure? Me? This my song? This my song? Sounds like her song if you ask me. Right. And I love that Dolly says that. That's her song. Um, I love Whitney so much. And I just, like, yes, all, all of the legendary songs, all of the ones that we all know with the beautiful vocals, all of that. But it's like a pocket of Whitney music. It's like, the auntie music that I live for. Like when, what's that song? It's not right, but it's okay. Live for that one. She said, you know, uh, what's that piece? She was like, uh, you said that if six of you are the four you really cheap, only two of you had dinner, but found your credit card receipt. It's not it was like a, a period where that shit was coming out back to back and my mom mm-hmm. eating that shit up <laughs> like, it was that one it's when Heartbreak Hotel came with Auntie Gang that's my ooh, that is my song Oh Lord. we're gonna put a bookmark in that can we recreate that music video for my birthday that sounds like a great time and I want to be Faith Evans since you're not around for me to tell you, baby, screaming. Alrighty, you just let her. <laughs> this is all I have to say. Bodyguard, also another film. No slander will be tolerated in my presence. Queen of the night. I have that on DVD. Let me tell you. <laughs> I'm the queen of the night. Now, un- unpopular opinion. That's my favorite song from the film. I love. <laughs> I know. I know. And I don't care. 
No, that's so good though. I love Pop Icon with me, and I just feel like it was a moment, and it didn't get the respect it deserved. Is it? Is it weird? Is it anti-black me to think that I really wanted her and Kevin Costner to be? No, I no, didn't. because I really feel like he loved her deep, like for real, for real. He really did. His remarks at her service made I was like, nope, I'm not doing this, Kevin Costner. You're not gonna make me cry. Love that woman down. It's the same way I feel like about that guy from Coldplay. And Beyonce, he love her. That's her real husband. Chris, <laughs> that's his queen. That is his, that's okay. her real husband. Anytime Beyonce is even in his presence, he's just like my view. And when I be seeing him interact with Blue Ivy, Jay-Z, you need to, you need to watch this man because he's, right. this, the minute, the second, the hour, I know he was pissed when Lemonade came out. It was like, I had an opportunity. But he did this Girl, to you. Dare you. Do you want me to fight him? <laughs> I'll fight him if you want me to. Chris Martin talked to Beyonce a lot. I ain't never seen that man talk to see Not in any of my days. I just feel like every, like, you, and you're so right. It's like, when he, the way he plays with Blue Ivy, it's like, I'm not the stepdad. I'm the dad who stepped up. <laughs> yes. He is waiting for his opportunity. And so you just, he like, you better have met every word you said on 444. Because the second this lady tell me that she went out, I'm coming for her. Well, pack your bag. You know what? You don't even need to pack your bags. I got it. I, I'm getting me and my three children and my woman, and I'm getting the <laughs> fuck out of here. Right. And I love that for him. No, I love uh, I love Chris and Beyonce's like their perceived relationship in terms of their friendship and just the way he yeah the way he looks at her is like she likes him. Just, he loves her. Right. I love that. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's okay. So we've gone to should we stay with the real people or should we go to the fictional people now? Let's go to the fictional. I think that's okay. really important. It's been a long episode, and so we can go to the fictional people. Okay, so I will start and we've already talked about this person um before we started recording. Um, so I'm gonna just sing the theme her theme song. You will know who I'm talking about. Ready? <clears throat> Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. Guilty, innocent. Oh. Screaming. <laughs> I just want to give a shout out to all the ladies of Living Single. Yes, uh, you all have raised me. Literally, like my form of comedy is living. Like that's my favorite show. If anyone was like, oh, if you could only have one show to to, to look at for the rest of your life, what would it be? It would be Living Single. Single. I agree. I still laugh at that show like with a stomach, like with like belly laugh. Like, it's the first time I saw that show. I love Living Single. And y'all know my mother, my parents, are Maxine Shaw and Kyle Barker. I Truly. I love, I've always loved Maxine. I've always loved how, I've loved her attitude towards men. Like, I, I can take them or leave them. Like, niggas are a dime a dozen. Who cares? Like, do your shit and go home. Get out of my house. Like, <laughs> love that. And anyone who knows me also knows that I like to take other people's food, and so I just have a spiritual connection. Oh my gosh, I should love to eat off of somebody else's plate. I do, and I just—that's why I feel a connect. And that is my mother. She will order the I'm most eating. intricate meal you've ever heard of, and still be like, "Ooh, what you got?" Because, and you can have some of mine. I never be like, "You, you can't." Can. I didn't say you didn't share, but best believe she's gonna come in with her pincers, is what I call them. <laughs> and she yeah. like, "Dee dee 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 dee." Yep. What you got? What you got on your plate? That look good. Don't let you have a fry. 
I'm, if you have fries and I don't have fries, I'm taking your fries. I'm so <laughs> just go get her a fry. <laughs> if I don't have fries and you have fries, I want to know what the, they what these people's fries taste like. That's all. <laughs> I don't see a problem with it, and that's Ooh. why I connect so heavily with Maxine Shaw, attorney at law. I love that. Like you said, shout out to all the ladies who live in single. Um, and I'll just, you know, quickly mention Regine and Khadija. Khadija, you know, the icon, the entrepreneur that all of us aspire to be also stayed with a finance man. Love that for you. Um, and just Regine, I, there is something that she did in one of the episodes, it was the one where Morris Chestnut was the guest star, where she was like, she did her little fake laugh, and then he left and was like, <laughs> this is me. Because <clears throat> when I tell you I'll be putting on my little dainty girl personality after you leave, <laughs> got you. <laughs> got um, let's not forget our good sis, Sinclair. Sinclair. I had a Sinclair moment at the top of this episode. Good guy. <laughs> oh. Who really was the one who won? Because Overton, great man, great man, yeah, man, loved her down from the beginning on Sinclair because she was the she was the real winner. Got her man and stayed boot up for the entirety of the show, and got her a handyman fix anything she wanted before they got together. Whoa, renovated an entire apartment for you in the building that you wanted to stay in so you could live close by to your friends and let you quit your job to become an actress what we all deserve if that ain't love i don't know what is listen unpopular another conversation for another day scooter he was trash a little bit he was fine but he was trash yeah. he was so fine i watched them episodes back and be like god damn yeah. <laughs> that's not a lot of it's a lot of situations where i'll be like i wouldn't have been dumb like this but for scooter even with insecure with the exception of nathan the, all the mental insecure, I'm like, I, I could have gotten over this, but Scooter, Scooty Pooty, I, I might have been stuck. <laughs> yeah, I can't, because he all tall. What, mind you, Queen Latifah is tall. Right. So the fact that he towered over her like that, I say, God, that's the Except for the episode where Grant Hill was checking for her. I, bye, bye. My, right. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck y'all! Fuck this apartment! Fuck this magazine! I'm gone. I'm out. He done wrote me this little song, singing all flat on the piano. Goodbye. What? If some man wants to do three chords and sing off key to me, I'm leaving. I'm leaving. I'm never coming back. And then her reputation was that she broke Grant Hill's heart. If my reputation was that I broke Grant Hill's heart, like that. Whoa! I'm not going down like that. But but no, but I'm just saying like I will be like yeah yeah like no other nigga can tell me nothing like I, you know who I broke up with, Grant Hill. Calm yourself. They would have had to drag me away from that man by my fucking pinky toes. By <laughs> my heels. What you mean? Yeah, let's go. Let's go on tour. Yay! Let's go on the road with the with. The, the magazine will be there. Y'all figure it out. Right. Listen, I got a laptop. Right. Okay. And my I'm man can afford long distance. I'm screaming. Uh, yes. The lady's living single. That's a great one. Mine is also a throwback. And I'm, we talked about her a little bit earlier. The OG, the original It Girl, Raven Baxter. Yes. 
Period. Like none of these Disney girls have ever done it the way Rachel well, did it. Never Me will. Either. And I'm just like, sh- like as like we were talking, I'm just thinking about I'm like Raven really held it down for black girls on Disney Channel for years, You're like the long. only one. And I don't know how I didn't realize she was the only one, yeah. <laughs> but I'm just like, just. It just made it all right to just be like, be unapologetically you. You can mm-hmm. be loud. You can be funny. You can be crazy and be fly at all times. And I'm just like, that is like, as a kid, that just resonated with me. Like, like I said, we didn't have that much representation in the early 2000s. So just seeing her, like I said, be herself was wonderful. And I, you know, Raven's Home is actually pretty good as a reboot. I'm not it's mad cute. at it. Yeah. Yeah, out of out of all the reboots, it's it's up it's there exactly, and that's a, and I don't expect anything less from her. Let's be honest. So, yeah, and I was I would say as someone who like I grew like we all we grew up on Raven Baxter, we grew up on the Huda Girls and that's so Raven like, mm-hmm. like my fashion sense was also like shaped by that's so Raven, um, color my, and pattern and like yeah patterns and colors, colors. yep. And you know what she also hit on, like the show hit on that I didn't even like, I didn't have the language or we didn't have the language for it now. I mean, then, then that we, I kind of do now. She speaks on fat phobia. Yes. Yeah. I think that, that episode when they were like, oh, they try to change her like weight stuff, mm-hmm. like her, her weight. And she was like, no, like I'm, I love the weight that I am. And you trying to change it. Like I make clothes for women who look like me. So why would you try to change my clothes? For, exactly. you know, what they're not intended for. I thought that was just so awesome exactly. at that time. Fat phobia. She talked about racism, like everything. All of it. When you look back on how like they really tried to make it make us think that like rape girls like Raven and America Ferrero were big. Right. Crazy. Go to hell, Disney. Craziness. Like, what are you talking about? So that number one, every time I think about that, it just trips me up. But I think Raven helped me a lot with my body image at that age because I think her weight went up and down a lot through the show, um, even when they weren't talking about it. And I was at a point in my life where like that was absolutely happening. Um, and so just to see her still be like really well dressed and like really pretty and the object of desire kind of through all that was good. Um, something we don't talk about a lot is like, the depiction of like black youthful relationships on television. And like, I think Raven was probably one of the first girls I saw on TV to like actively like and date black guys all the time Um, and how it was just normal. And it wasn't like he was this type of guy or he was like some crazy, you know, TV stereotype. Like it was just like, he's fine. I like him. He, and he likes me back. He likes, he likes me back. Ugh. And it's, it's like, of course he would. Why wouldn't he? Exactly. And shout out to Mrs. Baxter, even though she disappeared. But, you know, black women pursuing her PhD yes. overseas. We love Natural it. hair. Natural yes. hair. Stayed with a good twist. Mm-hmm. Good Mr. Mom. Baxter then became the chef at the White House. Yep. Go ahead. Come on, black excellence. So cute. So cute love that show and and you know Annalisa Vanderpool Chelsea like I think at that time it for her to be like a genuine friend to Raven is just I I hope and I hope more of you than I maybe 
realized took a lot from Chelsea mm-hmm. like their friendship and how like this is how wow like when you really think about how deep that show is like when you look at even like the little bit of Raven Tone that I've seen this is how as a white woman you be you are you befriend and be a good friend to black women mm-hmm. like Chelsea is a great example of that I love it what do you need I'm here to support you just like you have supported me and I know when it's time for me to play second fiddle I right. think even their friendship outside of the show speaks to that like mm-hmm. Annalisa was never ashamed afraid to be Raven's kind of like you know second in command because she knew right. like you know we're both great but you know she's she's got it Right. Do you own a lunchbox? <laughs> that episode and that show still holds up. Like, if you need something to watch on Disney Plus, that's so funny. It was like that era. It was like that. Even Stevens, Lizzie McGuire, and not this episode. But we could talk about. I'll talk about Hillary Duff any day. That's my hey white queen. But hey it's only select but, few white child stars that I will fight over. She's one of them. Hillary, I want Amanda to come back to us so bad. I, I mean, like, she isn't doing the craziness that she was doing before. And granted, I found out she's in a conservatorship too, like Britney Spears. She is. So, I'm not mad at you crazy. <laughs> we getting Lindsay back. Yeah, we slowly coming back. Slowly right. but surely. I'm waiting for the, let me, the day Amanda is like, I'm back and I'm here, I will be there. But come on, sis. Because Amanda Bynes is funny. She's yes. funny. And when she came back in Easy A, she to me made the movie. Right. Her comedic timing is on point. Uh-huh. She has na- she has natural comedic timing. We're, we're, talk- we're gonna talk about white women. All right, All right. let's. <laughs> it's fine. But no, those you know those are our faves. But I'm just saying that era of television. Great. That golden Wonderful. and like you had like Malcolm in the Middle and all like. Uh-huh. like a great just, time to be a youth. Just great time to be a youth. All that. Again, all that <laughs> which <laughs> I love the all that. I love the all that to SNL pipeline. Many of us just took yep. like that. Keenan kind of just rolled out with us, yep. like even though Kel, the funniest man, like yes, ooh, because Kel's Kel's skits from all that are still funny to me as an adult. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was watching Keenan and Kel recently and was in here hollering. Kel is hilarious. <clears throat> that repairman sketch, if you like watch it back. And the thing is that was that was really for black kids. Like mm-hmm. and that's when they were like they really catered to like with Keenan and Kel, they really catered to black kids. Julio sang the theme song. Yeah. We know like, who our target audience is here. Well, y'all, thank you so much. Um, we just want to get up to it's uh, so tomorrow. Well, when we're recording this, tomorrow will be Women's History Month, but um, when you hear this, it will definitely be Women's History Month. So, you know, for all of our women out there or people who identify as women, um, all of our femmes, particularly our black femmes, yeah. um, I just want to let you know that you are seen, that you are appreciated. Um, but I will say that, like, you know, what's that tweet say? Like, I do not support all women. Some of you bitches are very dumb. Um, Correct. I, I hope that does not apply to you. 
if if so, you know, maybe don't take some inspiration from the women that we have mentioned, and maybe you won't be stupid. Um, yeah. Ting. All right, we are going to take a quick break, and we'll be back with our last segment for this episode. What is up, you guys? Thank you so much for listening to Black Girl Roundtable. We're going to get right back into the episode. But before we do, please make sure you are subscribed to the podcast and following us on social media at The Bougie Black Girls on TikTok and on Instagram. You can also check out bougieblackgirls.com for articles, updates, and some info on some other soon-to-come produced projects by The Bougie Black Girls. Let's get back into the episode. all right we are back with a a brand new segment in the spirit of throwback tuesday (laughs) because it's not (laughs) thursday we're gonna go 106 and park style top 10 female vocalists of all time we're starting from 10 yeah okay all right I'm gonna I'm gonna propose we put Brandy in the number ten spot. I'm not mad at it. The vocal bible, as she is often yeah. referred to. I don't think Brandy is that powerhouse vocalist that we think about, but I think that the evolution of her voice is is probably one of the best that we've seen in real time. Um, that we will see in real time and. Brandy has a, a mastery of her voice that I think even a lot more like yeah. powerful vocalists don't have. Mm. Um, so I will submit her for number 10. I think she's a good, she's also a great representation of like, you don't have to be a belter in like the traditional sense to be yeah. a great singer. All right. Yeah. And also uh, Brandy has, if I, she should take a, she should teach a power of a, a masterclass um on how to preserve your voice yes mm. um yeah I'll, that's i agree uh, but that part too she should teach a master class on how to preserve uh your voice control and yes. control yeah that's really what it is control all right number nine i'm gonna give it to jasmine sullivan okay she might be a little bit higher, but I feel I'm like I would put her. I would put her higher personally. Okay, we can keep her, but just know that Jasmine Sullivan has to be on okay, this list. It's not oh, yeah, Jasmine, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's on the list. If not Jasmine, then who? You're in the right ballpark, though. There's somebody before her, but I can't, or like somebody who needs to come below her, but I can't put my finger on it yet as to who it would be. Oh my goodness. Now, I know she's not necessarily big name, like as far as for a lot of people, but I would put Kiki Wyatt under Jasmine Sullivan. I, okay. Okay. Like, same, you know, style, but Jasmine a little bit. You know who I put at number nine, actually? I put Tina Marie at number nine. Um, I'm actually thinking Tony Braxton. You think at nine? Yeah, I'm not mad at Tony. I'm not mad at Tony. I think she's got a Tony good alto representation. <laughs> um, she she could be higher, but 
I, I think that there are just other heavy hitters that go above Tony yeah. and everybody that you mentioned so far, I would put above Tony. Gotcha. You know, okay. Tony Braxton is another person who knows her voice and knows the type of songs for her yeah. voice. Right. An honorable mention in Tony's spot, um, you know, hate to group them together because they are individuals, but you know, there's siblings have very similar like tone. Um, mm, right. And I don't I don't think Tamar, no fault of her own, has a discography for me to put her on this list. But Tamar Braxton has an amazing voice. She does. Yes. Amazing, oh, I love Tamar. Has an amazing range. And so... And Love and War is not an easy song to sing by know. any means. Tamar has range. Ooh, that girl has a range. Yeah. So her songs are not for, like, weak singers to sing. need to know how to sing. Right. Yeah. Tamar is as great as she said she was all those early seasons of Braxton Family Values. We just didn't know. Nobody took her seriously. Yeah. But she proved us wrong. She is just as great as she says she is. Okay, so number nine, Tony and Tamar. Yeah, I'd give them dual dual spots, yeah. Number eight. Now here I think you could go Tina or Jasmine. I would do Tina Marie. Yeah. Number eight. Yeah. No explanation needed. Tina, Tina's great. Yeah. Knows Square what Biz is the shit. I don't God. care how old that song gets. Well, Square, Square Biz, Portuguese Love. Fire and Desire. Fire and Desire. I was going to say Fire and Desire. Deja Vu. Like, the girl has a discography. Okay. She had hints. Mm. And in fun fact for those who may not know any still, uh, but she was in her later years of singing a part of Cash Money Records. Oh, <laughs> yeah. What the hell? She was repping for the nine nine and two thousand. Come on, Miss Tina. Uh, that's number eight. I feel like no. Okay, so after Tina, I would say let's go, Jasmine. Jasmine Sullivan? Yes. I think she will probably move up higher in this list as she continues to have a, a wonderful career. Um, but in my head right now, I feel like Jasmine is is she that's a good spot for her, and she also just has earned it. Even with only yeah. two albums under her belt, she's Jasmine's great. That was seven? Yep, she sure. Jasmine seven. To, were you still doing Kiki Wyatt or Okay, I would do Kiki Wyatt seven, Jasmine Sullivan six then. I'm yeah, fine. okay. Kiki White 7, Jasmine's 12 and 6. Okay, we're at 5. We're halfway there. That was good. That's good, yeah. Um, okay. Um, I'm asking, are, is, is Beyonce going on this list? She is. I was going to give her two or three. I, Same. I, and you know I love Beyonce. I think she deserves five. I don't, I don't, just because she... And I'll explain why I think she should go higher and why, like, I understand what you're saying. But when it comes to, like, endurance, sure. and the fact that she has an operatic sound that she, if she were to really tap into, she could really, like, she, yeah, you know what I'm saying? I, and I think that Renaissance in particular has solidified yeah. her place as a vocalist. So all the people who talk about, yes. oh, Beyonce, yeah, Renaissance. Exactly. Like, I want you to go sing plastic off the sofa right. and then yeah. come back or to me. Or groove and say anything to me. <laughs> right. Um, but I think that when I'm thinking about some of the other people who are going to be 4321, I, I think there are spots that knock Beyonce out of those spots. But I definitely think she's top five. 
okay, okay. So we, can get, we can give her five. But these four are going to be like... Oh, listen. I feel like we all know who they probably going to be, though. Names I'm naming? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Can we, can we work in reverse a little bit? Because I feel like we know who number one is. Or it's one of two people, rather. So, for me, it's Aretha Franklin. Number one? Yeah. Okay. I was going Whitney or Aretha, I, but I could... I, could I, I was going Whitney. I just think that Aretha Franklin is literally the the blueprint when it comes to vocalists. Like she was, a, she was one of the first people to like really do runs and do runs. Like she was one of the first people to do runs. Period. And like in mainstream, I just feel like Whitney really just revolutionized what it means to be a singer. And I feel that, but I also feel that about Aretha Franklin. I. I don't feel that way in the same way that I feel about Whitney. And that could just be my age and like whose music I was a little bit more present for. But Whitney, I just think that there are things that that woman did with her voice that are just unheard of that no one will ever be able to do. Oh yeah, and I, I agree, I agree. But again, I feel the same way about Aretha Franklin. I just think she did it first. You know, you know what I'm saying? I don't think... I think Aretha did it first and did it well, but Whitney took it up. Raised the bar. I was about to say, off of rip my first point, like, before y'all have gone back and forth, my first choice was Whitney. So, yeah, we can... I mean, so y'all have Whitney. As a cold, cold, we have a Whitney. I have Aretha. I should have guessed. Okay. Which is fine, because like, I'm about to say, Aretha is definitely top two. two. Yeah. And it's not even, like, two. It's, like, one point two yeah it's like one 1.5 because my one two three is whitney aretha patty yeah mine was patty patty labelle yeah was my three and then we just have four which i mariah exactly yeah 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 i was like for the most part we i was like we all know who the top four are gonna be sorry yeah yeah it just was and even pat and then the same debate that we just had with whitney aretha i feel like i'm i could I can sit through the same for Aretha Patty. I couldn't. I could. I love Patty LaBelle. I love Patty Down. It's Patty LaBelle. Are we talking about musical impact or are we talking about vocals? I'm I'm talking about both. I'm talking just about vocals. And if we're talking on vocals alone, it's close. I, I like Patty 3. But I could, I could be convinced of Mariah swapping with her. Oh, you talking about Patty Labelle and Mariah Carey? Yeah, yeah. Oh, I'm talking about. I thought you talking about uh, Patty Labelle and Aretha Franklin. No, I'm like, no, 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 no. No, no Aretha staying where she at. Aretha, Aretha stays right there. Aretha don't go nowhere. Um, Mariah and and Patty on vocals alone. I think that's one where it depends on the day for me, but. I could I could go either way. I like Patty yeah. three, but sometimes Mariah just and there's sometimes the notes don't be note and it's okay. <laughs> and, and no, I was even more on the good side. Like there are Mariah B sides that I just don't think get the like circles. I think is her yeah. to me, circles and vision of love are two of the best vocal performances of our time. And Mariah does not get enough credit for circles, but Emancipation of Mimi is just talk about album. Talk about great album. Um, I remember, I remember exactly, I remember exactly like 
the age and the like the feeling I got when I first listened to the Mary's 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 when that album came out like y'all don't understand or CD I came to have a I was listening to that this morning that's the sad part it's it was her renaissance was emancipation of me is is ashen I'm lotion Come on, Mariah. Say less. And then at the end, she takes us to that gospel. Ooh, Fly Like a Bird is a great song. Fly Like a Bird? She, when she does her little arms like this, is she just like be shaking? Ooh, I'm excited. I haven't heard it. I'm excited oh, now. Beautiful. Beautiful. That little girl can sing. Oh, it's gorgeous. Okay, come on, second. Yes. Come on, second coming. Monroe, she has a beautiful voice. We love to see it. Mariah be like, yeah. mm-hmm, yep, get it. And she be like coaching her through it. I'm like, ooh, ooh, she's gonna be great. All right. I'm with that list. I think it's good. I think that's a yeah. solid list. There are some people where I wish, you know, like Amber Riley can just wedge you in there somewhere. <laughs> like, right. Look, I'm like, we're gonna put Gladys Knight and you know, is, um, and, and they, they in the half. I need a baker. Yes. Right. Like, Nate Ripperton. Like, I could just do this for days. Right. Right. Top one countdown next week. Right. <laughs> All right. Well, I think um, if you enjoyed this episode, please make sure that you like and subscribe and share with anybody who you think might enjoy support black women all year long. Um, make sure to give us a follow on socials. And if you have a question that you would like us to answer on air, please email askbgr at bougieblackgirls.com. Um, that is it for us this week. And we will catch you guys next time. Bye. Bye.